What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Across the Board. As always, I'm your host, Chandler Adams, joined today by the spider, John Kaufman. We've got a lot of great things. We've got our wise guy. We've got our best bets. We've got a little mailbag. We've got a little DFS as usual. It's a good lineup this week. And we've got a new segment to end the show. Really excited. Uh... Yeah, all that, more, answer all your questions right after this quick break. Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the board sports, unique sports coverage. This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. As promised last week, we're back with the Wise Guys segment. Enjoy this soundbite. bite. <laughs> Oh, wise guy, eh? I got a good mind to hand you a ticket. Oh, yeah. Wise guy, All right, so wise anyone guy. who knew that... Um, All right, wise guy. You're old. You'll the- That's all I got to say. Sorry. <laughs> no, okay. I'm kidding. Uh, three Stooges. It's iconic. Still trying to get a better soundbite, but I wanted to play around a little bit with it. But the spider wise guy Kaufman. I'm not even going to call you by John anymore. Just the spider wise guy. I'll think of something better. But anyway, wise guy. <clears throat> That's pretty What good. do you got for us this week? All right, so yeah, we got to follow it up. Last week's was good, so we got a we got a good one this week too. Um, so this week we're going to talk about the uh, the rings of Saturn. So, um, and this is pretty cool. This this I don't know. Obviously, all this stuff blows my mind. That's why I'm bringing it up. But uh, yeah, so it's like the most obvious statement in the world, right? Um, so I don't know if you um, do you Chandler. Do you know roughly how wide the Earth is? Mm. It's flat, so I don't know. Ah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Get the hell, you flat earthers. No, you better. No, not. I don't know. Um, I'm going to guess um, 100, 100 million miles. No, I don't know. <laughs> 800,000 so eight, miles. Eight. It's 8,000, actually. Uh, oh, Jesus. So 8,000 miles wide. Okay. Um, so the rings of Saturn. Uh, if you were to measure them from the furthest one furthest edge to the other furthest edge, right? Mm-hmm. It's they're 180,000 miles wide. Okay, so you could take 22 Earths and put them next to each other, just right in a row, right? Like a bunch of little marbles, right in a row. 22 Earths would, um, in a row, would go from stretch from one end of the rings to the other end, the opposite end. Okay. Huh. Knowing knowing that, how on average, how tall or thick 
are the rings. If you want to take a guess, feel free. 180,000 miles wide. Again, it's 22 Earths. So on average, how thick are the rings? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm having technical difficulties. I couldn't hear you. You might as well answer for the fans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you ready? Yeah. On average, they're about 30 feet thick. What? 30 feet. That's correct. So That's as tall as Taco Falls. To, yeah. <laughs> to, that must be a, that's, I'm guessing that's a Toledo thing. Oh, sorry. Taco Fall, he's an NBA player. I forgot, John. You're our football Oh, player. oh, my bad, my bad. I thought you were talking about a place or something like that. Like, <laughs> my bad. It does sound like a place. Um, yeah, I was like, like, you know, Winter Falls or something like that. Like some <laughs> kind of, I was like, all right. But anyways, so to scale, um, a piece of paper, a regular piece of loose leaf paper, you know, 11, and a, 11 inches tall by eight and a half inches wide is about a millimeter thick, okay? Um, that's your standard piece of paper. To scale, a piece of paper is over 10,000 times thicker than Saturn's rings. Wow. Yeah, that's that crazy. is incredible. When they, when you view them through like a telescope or whatever, and if you look at them directly on, like if they're angled directly at you, they virtually disappear. I mean, you can't see them. You brought um, us three different... You brought us three different wise guys. You brought us how wide the earth was, which I was widely off. That's why I am in the business field and not something that requires smarts. <laughs> uh, you told us how incredibly long Saturn's rings are, which blow your mind. And then come to think that three Yao Mings stacked on top of each four Yao Mings stacked on top of each other <laughs> are virtually as tall as Saturn's rings. Yep. That that's is incredible. insane. They're ridiculously thin. It's unbelievable. So I honestly think that's crazier than the card one. But I was prepared this week. I'm not going to let it throw me off. I was, I, I mean, I was literally messing up words till the end of the podcast last week. I know. Your tongue was like swelled three times well, its normal like, size. What the hell is this guy doing? He's making me act a fool. But that one is interesting. I really like that one. That's That doesn't seem interesting, but the more you think about it, it's just like, holy shit. Oh, sorry. No, no it's insane. I mean, that's Chandler. that was shit worthy for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm -hmm. And speaking of shit worthy, these Baltimore Ravens, gosh, are they awful or what? <laughs> no, but uh right into the best bets, John. I know you I know you like this Baltimore team this week. What do you what are you seeing out there in LA Rams, which has the greatest home field advantage in any sport history? Yeah, it's uh whew, a lot of never uh, want to bet against them. A lot of people in Los Angeles are aware that there are two teams. There will be a lot of purple team, a lot of purple shirts in that crowd. <laughs> as, as a, uh, as someone who lived in Los Angeles for six years, I can tell you this: uh, they do not give a, they don't give a shit about football. So, no. so let's move a, a very, uh, I don't want to say blue collar because they're still San Diego. So, like compared to people that listen to this podcast, not very blue collar, but. Let's move a very loyal, very crazy San Diego fan base and just take away their team, move it to LA. That'd, that'd be great. That'd be great financially. After the Rams, like if you were in LA and you were, I don't know, like eight years old or 10 years old, right? And you were, you'd like football, maybe your dad or your uncles or your mom, you know, somebody likes football or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden you got a team, the, the Rams are coming in. You're like, oh, cool. I'm going to be, you know, Rams fan. Like then the next year the Chargers come. Who, like, who are you capturing? Like, who is sitting yeah. there going, well, they like football, and this Rams team is okay, but I'm going to hold out for a better team to move to my city. Like, 
Yeah, I'm not a genius on you know they have they have people that go look at the geography and the demographics and all that bullcrap. But I'm not a genius. But the Oklahoma City Thunder, while they've had some very good years in their success, they sell out all the time. The Cleveland Cavaliers sell out all the time. Where am I going with this? I would have moved San Diego to Oklahoma City. That's no joke. Like football is born in Texas, and like. The states around it are also that. Like, Texas is the state of football. Move it to Oklahoma City. Those fans are crazy. Those fans are very, like, you look at the Oklahoma college fan base. They're nuts. They're everywhere. They followed Baker Mayfield, for God's sake. There's so many Oklahoma Browns fans now. Yep. I'm telling you, Oklahoma City, you would have been right next to your, you know, you would have been right in the mesh of your rivals. I think that's what, I think that's what they should have done, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I know. Nebraska, the Cornhuskers. I mean. Oh my gosh. That would, the fans would like, you know, your nightlife's not going to be crazy, but you know what? Then you can sign Josh Gordon and Antonio Callaway and you have a great receiver set that can't do anything except for pick corn. (laughs) Yep. I mean, mid nineties, Nebraska was unbelievably, you know, really, really good. And, but then they, you know, they've disappeared for the last 20 years, but they, they sell out every game. Those that fans football, are crazy about it, so the they love it. Omaha Chargers, which would just be an awful name. You'd have to change it. But they yep. would sell out their first game, and then 10 years later, they'd sell out the last game, whether they were 0-16. Like, they would never not sell tickets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, but, we, uh, we every every week in L.A., me and my friend, my buddy John Boy, he and I um, went to high school together, and we moved out to California together, you know, years ago. Um and, uh, but yeah, I mean, we would, you know, go to whatever bar to watch the, you know, the Browns, um, and every bar is just packed with every Jersey imaginable. I mean, everybody there is from, you know, Seattle and, you know, Idaho and everywhere else. And they're like, Oh, I'm a Seahawks fan. Well, I'm a, you know, Niners fan. I'm a this fan. I mean, everybody, you know, there's just, you're there. You were already a fan of some other team. So, yeah, I just moving the Chargers there was just bizarre. I could get, I could understand the Rams just being the first team, but the second team, it was just like, what? Yeah, and they had a history there. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, whatever. But, anyways, you mentioned the Ravens before. And, um, yeah, that's going to be our first uh, best bet of the week. Um, we're taking Baltimore minus three uh, at the Rams. This is the Monday night football game. Um, the, um, the one knock on the Ravens uh, throughout the beginning of their season uh, has been their defense. And we talked about this last week uh, a little bit. Um, we talked about how, uh, especially pass defense, they had just really, they're not, they hadn't been very good. Um, the majority of that was because of injuries. They had been um, really banged up in the secondary and they're getting healthier now. So time that up with the Marcus Peters trade, obviously, um, they just, they're healthy. They're playing well. This is a much better team uh, as far as, you know, just being a solid overall unit. Um, and, I mean, we know the offensive side, we know, you know, I mean, it's just incredible what, you know, Lamar's doing is is really fun. It's neat to watch. Um, the rushing attack is, is interesting. It comes at you from all different angles and types. It's just, it, it's hard. It's really hard to prep for. It's, it's neat. Um, I like when things like college – football elements creep into the NFL because I think one of the coolest parts about college football is, you know, you, whatever conference you're in, you, from week to week, you're like, okay, now we got to prep for this, you know, triple option team. Okay. Now we got to prep for this spread offense team. Like you get all kinds of different stuff. And the NFL by and large is, you know, 
really similar. It's, you know, a lot of 11 personnel. It's probably like 70% of the league, but every now and again, you get stuff that, um, you know, that shakes things up a little bit and it's, it's just cool when it works. It's a lot of fun to watch. And that's what this Ravens team is obviously. So, but, um, so this is a bet on Baltimore as much as it is a bet against the Rams. Um, the Rams are, you know, the shade. offensive line issues. Obviously, we talked about this last week again because we mentioned Chicago and you know in that game, and obviously the Rams ended up covering. Um, but yeah, this is a whole different element. I mean, Baltimore's just it, they're just a much better team. I'm surprised it's only three. I know it is a road game, but we just spent you know ten minutes talking about how the Rams have no home field advantage. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, primetime game, everybody's going to be fired up for this. I just, you know, this is, I just, Baltimore's the better team. And if you're only laying a field goal here, this is just, it's a slam dunk. So, yeah, it, um, you know, if you go by, uh, the, gosh, good Lord, DVOA, uh, the efficiency numbers, Baltimore, the number three offense, that comes to no surprise at all. Um, but the Rams are the number eight defense, and they have some pretty prolific offenses that they've played so far this season. But as good as defenses are, and they've you know they've had defensive pieces there. They showed us in the Super Bowl last year. Aaron Donald's the greatest defensive player probably to ever play at this point. He's surpassed um, Jalen Ramsey's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and Eric Weddle's one of the best safeties in the NFL. Like they have pieces everywhere. Mm-hmm. But that only gets you so far. Yep. It, you need an offense. And what Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield have shown these last two years to every single GM out there, as if Andrew Luck retiring wasn't enough of a slap in the face, you need an offensive line. Now, I'm not suggesting you go out and you pay your left and right guard $15 million each. You can't win that way. It's been proven and proven and proven. I'm not saying you need expensive offensive line because people go out there, the Jets and the Raiders did it, and those are terrible franchises. The Browns didn't do it, but they were a terrible franchise. I truly believe John Dorsey knows what he's doing. He's rebuilt two teams now to playoff caliber rosters. But the Jets and the Raiders went out and overpaid tackles because they think, I need to protect my quarterback. That's not what you need to do. The last thing you need to do is overpay someone what you need to do is get dirty and go look and find that diamond in the rough. But yeah. anyway, back to my rant. This Rams offensive line is is just awful. Austin Cor- Corbett, being a Browns fan, being a Joel Batonio fan, he really liked this kid. I really thought that Austin Corbett was going to be a fine player. I didn't think he was going to be elite. I did not think he was going to be unplayable. He is literally unplayable at this point. The Havenstein who had been pretty good, is now bad. Uh, it's just, even like left, their best left, uh, was it Whitworth? Yeah, Andrew Whitworth. I'm Correct, like, yeah. Left tackle, it's got to be Whitworth. I'm like 95% yeah, yeah, yeah. sure of it. One of the best left tackles in NFL history. He's even having a down year. I mean, he is like 37, but this offensive line can't is not even going to be able to withstand this Baltimore pass rush, which I'm going to debunk something and... Whether people listening believe me or not, whatever. This this Ravens defensive line, this pass rush, which is just raved about on ESPN and whatever, is not good. The pass rush, if you're talking about their defensive line alone, is not good. 
I've watched the Ravens three weeks in a row now. I've watched every single minute of the game because I want to enjoy greatness while it's happening. And Lamar Jackson is greatness. Here's the thing. They blitz five to six people every damn play. Do I think that could bite them in the ass? Absolutely. Will the Rams be the one that can bite them in the ass? Absolutely not because they're going to get to Jared Goff before he even knows what the hell is going on. And I think Jared Goff can be a fine quarterback when given the right tools, but if not given the right tools, i.e., you know, um, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, not going to succeed. So that was my long rant on why, one, bashing the Ravens pass rush a little bit. Two, telling you Lamar is great because people think I hate on Lamar all the time. And three, this Rams offensive line is absolutely piss poor. So, John, in conclusion, in summary, I like your pick. <laughs> I would honestly like even a six point favorite. I would honestly feel comfortable with that at this point with this Rams team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If this were anything under a touchdown, I think I, I don't, I don't think it would make much of a difference for me at the betting window. And I truly believe Lamar Jackson being a 22 year old looks at social media. He sees there's people out there raving him, but he also sees the people out there shitting on him. So you best bet that he's not just going to go in there and try to win by a touchdown. Like, this man's trying to kill people on the football field, which I, I admire. I, I'll i get to it later, but I think that's what the Browns are going to do. That's why I kind of like their line, uh, basically 11-point favorite, because the Browns just need that smack-in-the-mouth game. Who better to lay it on than Ryan Fitzpatrick? But <laughs> we got to move on to Oakland and New York Jets. Hey, I was just bitching about these two teams. But <laughs> here's the thing. People are going to think I'm crazy. I didn't like Sam Darnold coming out of the draft. I thought he's a preppy little bitch. <laughs> Oops. However, I'm now coming to his defense. If you're telling me today I get to pick Sam Darnold or Josh Allen to build a franchise around, hopefully there's no Bills fans listening, I would take Sam Darnold. I love Josh Allen. I love the kid. Well, I don't actually know if I love him. He said some pretty crappy stuff, but he's 15 years old, so I forgive him for that. But <laughs> I don't know him. I love the way he plays. The way Josh Allen plays is not sustainable when you don't have the easiest schedule in the league and one of the best defenses and defensive coaches in the league, in my opinion. It's not sustainable. Sam Darnold has been giving negative chance. Now, if Sam Darnold stays in this situation with Adam Gase and all that bullcrap, I think his toilet's, I think his career is down the toilet. But this Raiders pass rush is statistically one of the worst in the NFL. Their defensive back group is statistically one of the worst in the NFL. The Jets, while it might not seem like it, do have weapons at every level. Ryan Griffin and Sam Darnold have been on a great connection, the tight end. Yeah. Robbie Anderson can get behind any cornerback in the NFL. Just takes one play from him. Demarius Thomas and Jamison Crowder are two reliable, sturdy veterans. Well, they're not sturdy. Demarius Thomas is hurt if he gets looked at. But <laughs> two sure-handed veterans. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has been bad, but he took a year off. He's being he's behind a bad offensive line. Le'Veon Bell is still Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he, he's still a good running back. I don't I don't care what he's paid. Like people will say, but he's paid. No, he's still a good running back. Doesn't matter what he's paid. It's I mean, obviously, you take into consideration what he's getting paid if you're evaluating his worth on a team. That doesn't affect how good he is. So he's right, still good. But in, a, but in a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, wise guy. And flip it over, 
this Jets defensive line is one of the one of the most efficient, which is mind blowing because Quinnen Williams, their top pick, has been awful. Eleven pressures all year. That's not the Quinnen Williams that they drafted. They drafted the, you know, next Aaron Donald, the next Fletcher Cox. So he's been bad, but they've been good. Yeah. However, this Jets defensive back group is atrocious. Jamal Adams can't is not a cover safety. He's a great safety, but he's not a cover safety. And they don't have a single quarterback. My dog could go out there, put on a helmet, and play cornerback for him. Hmm. But this Raiders offense doesn't have the necessary weapons to, I think, demolish this team. Because Tyrell Williams, while he's okay, he's not great. Um, Renfro, okay, not great. And... What do the Raiders do? Well, I don't want to put you on the spot, John, but I think you'll know this. What do the Raiders do to win? Who do they use to win the game? Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Guess who's the third best rushing defense in the entire league? Uh, the Jets are. The New York Jets. Now, Correct. take into consideration their division. You kind of want to take that into consideration. But they've still played the likes of Nick Chubb. And while Sony Michelle has been down, the New England Patriots have a plethora of different options at running back. You know, the Bills have Frank Gore and Devin Singletary. So whatever, take that as how you want. But I'm taking the Jets, three-point favorite at home against an Oakland team who I think has overperformed so far this year. I think Josh Jacobs, getting him stopped will be their priority. And I think that'll leave receivers open for Derek Carr. But I don't believe Derek Carr is good enough to go into New York and win. That's, that's my yeah. best bet. I agree. I have uh, just two things to add. Um, first of all, your dog is much more, much better zone corner, really, than man-to-man. Um, and that's not throwing shade or anything. It's just, that's just a fact. If he works on the man-to-man stuff, I just think there's the sky's the limit. But for now, you know, sitting and playing zone, it's a hard thing to teach, and your dog has that. So I just wanted to make sure that he you know, actually. Knows. So this is this is funny. I, I have my mom. Got me for Christmas this really nice plush browns blanket. One of those, you know, blankets you touch it and you're like, oh, I got to take a nap. <laughs> well, yep. little did I find out she regifted it to me. So thanks, Amy. But oh, anyway, nice. so my dog um, came up to my college apartment with me last year. We'd separated for a year. It was awful. But this blanket is now his blanket. And I'm not kidding you. He lays on it wherever. Like, I'll, we've tested it. Me and my girlfriend have. I will put it. On the middle of the floor in front of the TV, he'll go lay on it. I'll put it in the couch in my room, he'll go lay on it. Anywhere. So <laughs> he's an aspiring young cornerback for the Cleveland Browns. So Cleveland Browns, give him a damn look. Zeus for, Zeus for Adams. That's all you got to do. Just go Warden, uh, Warden Greedy ahead of him, man. If they, you know, a couple years ago, they didn't have those players, you know. <laughs> he you was guys, Joe he, Hayden's replacement, but he's a little too young. I know. Remember. It's just it's just bad timing. That's all it is. So, <laughs> you know, if it was the Pierre Desir years, uh, you'd been fine. Oh, you'd have been gosh. fine. And so, now he's playing well, of course. Whatever. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, um, anyway, what were you gonna add? With Sorry. the, um, yeah, with um, so according to Football Outsiders, uh, they have the their stat is the proprietary stat is DVOA. Um, the That's what website I'm on right now. Yeah, see, beautiful. Yep. You mentioned the Jets' rush defense, defense overall. But the rush defense is number two. Um, oh, sorry, Oakland has sorry. the. Was their defensive rank overall three? Yeah, overall three, and rush defense is two. Oh, okay. uh, the Oakland has the 23rd ranked pass defense. Um, they allow the seventh most passing yards per game and the third most passing touchdowns per game. So get right spot for Darnold for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you, they're, they're just not going to present um, 
any issues whatsoever. And we like the weapons that the Jets have. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Gase, obviously, as a coach. And you, you said it. Uh, if Boy, if Darnold could get with a coach. Can you imagine him with, like, Bruce Arians? Oh, my gosh. He's How got cool all the be? talent in the world. Like, for some reason, I just wanted to, like I, – I, I'm not going to lie. It's not for some reason. Colin Cowherd was dissing on my quarterback and loving on Sam Darnold. So I was just like, I hate that Sam Darnold kid. No, I mean – I don't. There's yeah. no reason to hate him. He's, no, he seems he's like a, a nice guy. And he's a pretty listen, good quarterback. The, yeah, but the here's the Pretty thing. good. These the, – I mean, it's – when you're coming out of college and – one of the things that gets talked about is, you know, one of the things that people mention, oh, yeah, if uh, if he could just, uh, you know, reduce the turnovers, it's mm-hmm. like, what? He's turning the ball over uh, at an alarming rate in college, and you think, what, he's going to clean that up in the NFL? Especially playing in the Pac-12. Where the guys are faster and hit harder and, you know, no, that's not exactly. So, I mean, that – I don't know. Coming out of college, Darnold, there's a lot to like, but the the bad stuff was yikes. Absolutely. It's a big fear, but in Darnold's defense, I also don't think he's ever had a good coach in college. I don't know about his high school coach. He might have been a fine coach, but no high school coach knows how to make an NFL quarterback. That's why it'd be so cool to see him with Arians because Arians, he would just look at him and be like, Darnold, Sam, I don't care if you throw 25 interceptions a year. Let's just just get the ball on the field, baby. They flip somehow Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, get him down to uh, Tampa Bay. Oh my God. Amazing. Um, but yeah, so I'm backing you, uh, Jets plus three. That's a really, really good bet. Um, they're at home. Oakland, like we said, largely overrated, not very good on defense. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and if, uh, they do get behind in the game and and they can't run with Jacobs, uh, you're just, you're like you said, you're going to, they're basically going to say Derek Carr, go win the game. And that's not, that's not his strength. So not at all. Um, my next one is, uh, this is going to be a first half uh, total. So we're going to take the under in the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game. So it's what? In, Those in, two lead offenses? I know, right? That's crazy. In <laughs> in Cincinnati, um, the first half total is 20. So we're going to take under 20. Um, yeah, I can't believe it's that high. I mean, the total for the game, I believe, is 38. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, so... I, I would just expect the first half to be 17, 18. So I was really shocked, and it was it was 20. You're getting that extra field goal, let's say. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but just a quick thought before it releases my head. I think Ryan Finley is going to play terrible, and uh, I think Mason Rudolph is going to play really terrible. He had a bad game. All this shit's going on. He's never dealt with adversity in his entire life. Just, just being blunt, like he's a rich young white man like he's never dealt with adversity and this is pretty serious like this is life-altering stuff for some people so yeah. i think he's gonna play like garbage but yeah no it's a fair i mean that's a fair point um he's rudolph's gonna be without james connor's missing the game for sure well i i don't think he's been ruled out yet but he looks he's very very doubtful to play why play him against cincinnati like um yeah yeah, right, and that's the only thing. Why would you bother? Why would you bother? So, especially if uh, when Jalen Samuels and, and Benny Snell might be back, but mm-hmm. um, and Edmonds yeah. looked okay, playable. But Pouncey's on the suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Deontay Johnson plays in this game, somebody in the league right. office where that you know that rules about safety issues needs to get fired because absolutely, you're, if your ear is bleeding 
uh, a week ago, you can't play in the next football game. And that I have a, I have a rule. small rant about this, and this is not this is I I honest to God watched this a hundred of times from a non Browns fan perspective. I was I completely took everything out of it. That was not a dirty hit. Was it maybe a little uncalled for? Yes, but go back and really watch that play. Deontay Johnson started to stumble. He doesn't stumble. Where does where does uh, Randall hit him? Right in the freaking gut. What is Randall? What happens if Randall doesn't dive for him when he does, and Deontay Johnson catches that ball? A touchdown. I do not think that was a dirty play by Demarius Randall. Demarius Randall does not have a history of trying to take people out of a game. He was just trying to make a play because that was his cover, and he blew it, and they both stumbled. They both hit helmets. Like, he even turned his head away. I got really upset that Steelers fans were trying to turn that into a dirty hit, i.e. James Mother Effin Harrison, Pittsburgh. I, I honestly, and sorry, really quick rant. No, you're good. Mac Wilson, his hit on Juju, that was not dirty either. When a quarterback throws at his receiver in the middle of three defenders and one's a middle linebacker, that's what happens. He, yeah. They were all just standing there. It's not like one just came out of nowhere and trucked him from behind. Like they all were just standing there and they tackled each other. I that yeah. that is entirely on Mason Rudolph. That is just one oh one. You take a sack before you put your receiver over the middle of the field and get lit up. Sorry. Well, the, that's my No, you're fine. The Juju the Juju one, I it just felt unlucky. Like it just felt like yeah. And I there love were three that three guys right around, you know, him and it just it and maybe an inch or two to the side or whatever, you know, it, and it he's fine. Um yeah, but he threw it. He, if he would have threw it on his gut it. and Juju could have just fell backwards, I think he would have been fine. But he threw it yeah. a little to the side and Juju reached out and boom. Right. Um and the Demarius Randall one, I think is it how about if I say this? You tell me if this is fair or not. Um I don't think it was dirty, but it's illegal. I mean the hit was Oh, absolutely. I, right. It deserves you a penalty. You have to eject it. I, I don't know if you have to eject that one. Okay, but... that part I don't necessarily agree yeah, with. I, no, thought, I, I thought that was a little strange that they ejected well, it. Well, I wanted to change it I because I was thinking about co- college rules. You have to eject it because you just have to. I, I just – I think it's different. You know, these are grown men. It's developing kids. I don't – if you get hit in the head in college, just eject him because there's just takes one thing for a kid to do a stupid thing again. Like – even if they don't mean it, I think kicking them out of a game is maybe important. But in the NFL, I definitely think it was a penalty. Like, you can't hit people in the head even if it's on accident. You can't sure. smack a quarterback in the helmet on accident with your flailing arm when you're getting blocked. That's just how it is. You got to play by the rules. Definitely think it was deserving of a penalty. I do. And yeah. I think that's unlucky on Randall, you know, when they get to the film room. I guarantee when they got to the film room on Friday or Saturday, that their defensive backs coach said, don't miss your like. Don't get there that late next time. But we don't think you did anything wrong. Like we're not gonna, we're not upset with you. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way in hell. No, and it's I, that's fair. I mean, like you said, I think yeah, I think that's the best. It's not. It wasn't dirty. It wasn't. And it's hard to judge intent. Obviously, we don't. We can't sit here and say. I I know what Demarius Randall was thinking when he was running over to, you know, to hit Deontay Johnson, but. Like yeah. you said, he doesn't have a history of it, and it just didn't look, you know, it didn't just... look malicious. And yeah. I and it sucks because Deontay Johnson, he's a Mac kid. I really liked him coming out of college. Yeah, he's having a great season. I mean, yeah. he's... and Juju Smith is, I mean, maybe the most likable kid in the NFL outside of Lamar Jackson, which just freaking irritates me that how no. likable they both are. But... No, I know you're absolutely right. And and uh, Juju's one of the youngest players I think ever to be drafted. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and, and people want to say that he's already like, oh, he'll never be good. Like he's twenty two. He, he this is his first time being a wide receiver one on a bad team. I think he was drafted like a month after he turned twenty. Yeah, he was something like that. Like it was really, really close to being nineteen. So uh, imagine Donald not being too. able to drink when you get drafted, like celebrate with wine or champagne or whatever. Right. Uh, right. Well, I mean, he's. I guarantee he's still drinking. You know what I mean? Like I know he got drafted and he's like, all right, get the sparkling grape juice out. <laughs> did, you did you pack the Capri Suns, Ma? Oh my God, that's fantastic. Oh, poor kid. <laughs> he, he's pretty mature bad. for his age. Like he's he's fun and he's a kid, but like. He's yeah. very mature in his answers. I it's impossible to hate him. Like his answer on the Antonio Brown thing, perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. He's and and he came off good in that whole struggle. Like Antonio Brown was just being a you know an absolute dickhead, and uh, <laughs> you're just like this Juju doesn't deserve this. What are you talking about? You're just making us like him more and hate you more. I don't know. Like mission accomplished. Ab, way to go. So yeah, absolutely. But anyways. Um, so we're talking about the uh, the under, yeah, um, in the first half. So uh, it's under 20. Um, I know, we know, you know, we just talked about a lot of guys that Pittsburgh is missing. Um, what's called I Juju, I don't think, is going to play in this game. Besides the concussion, he's a knee injury that he's been dealing with. Um, so, yeah, you're just – I mean, there just aren't any weapons. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, to, to say nothing of the fact that Mason Rudolph is awful. I mean, just god-awful. Um huh. And so, and then obviously on the Cincinnati side of the ball, I don't think, well, I do, I do need to say this. There needs to be some kind of award given out for, uh, each year to one player, like who is clearly busting their ass and playing incredible football on just a, a God awful team, right? Like a team that it looks like everybody else on the field doesn't even care that to be there. And then you got this one, you know, Johnny tryhard and, I mean, Joe Mixon, like yeah. this dude is unbelievable. I, they, they're and his post game press conferences are so disheartening. They're so sad. Yeah, I know it's it's literally, and he's not the caliber of Joe Thomas, but I'm watching it. And I'm like, that's that was Joe Thomas for 13 years. Yeah, yeah. Professional. I mean, this guy, the touchdown. Bash. You see the touchdown run he had. Uh, they took a seven nothing lead against Oakland last week. Mm-hmm. The the touchdown run he had. Yeah. He was all the way in the sideline, reverse field, goes all the way back to the other side. I mean, you just can see this guy's like, I don't, I don't care if we're gonna go zero and sixteen or whatever. But I'm, yeah, and it's like you watch it, you're like, that's maybe not the smart football play, but it worked out, and he was busting his ass. Like, on a team that bad, you don't get in trouble for making a somewhat maybe like bonehead mistake. Like, it's not all the time you want to just completely reverse field, but the a coach Zach Taylor looks at that and he's like. All right, I see. Uh, well, he's buying his extension. Like I know it's a long ways away. Yeah, you got to the, the odds of that coach sticking around with you are pretty good because they just hired a thirty-six-year-old coach. Like sure. I don't think they're gonna fire him after a year. But the the way he plays is just I don't. It's it's like Joe Mixon, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Lamar Jackson. They're all so likable, and I don't hate that I like them. Like yeah. in the past, like you know, you had. Um, the face of the Steelers was um, Ben Roethlisberger. He's an asshole. And then for the Bengals, it was AJ Green. He's pretty likable. He never really talked. And it, for, but for the Ravens, it was Ray Lewis who Ugh. murdered a person. Um, so you you do it that way. You will with your liking him. But yeah, it's it's nice to have. And it's, it's this is really nice because I don't want to get into the Miles Garrett thing. I don't want to get into domestic. Violence things, it's wrong. If you put your hand on a woman, you're you're a scum. Um, you got to get better. Like 
and I'm not saying you don't get a second chance because Kareem Hunt got a second chance. I really do believe he's trying to get better, and that's where I'm going with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a gruesome, gruesome, gruesome act of violence against the woman in that bakery, and everyone saw the video. That's yeah. why he wasn't drafted high. He truly looks like he made a difference to better to be a better man. Like he's he's probably twenty at the time. I don't know the exact age in school, but he's nineteen or twenty. Like you you still should know better not to do that. But he probably grew up in an absolutely terrible situation, and he's trying to make the best of himself. And I I really appreciate that watching from afar because there's players that just say oh, whatever, fuck it, I don't need this sport. And then there's players like him and Cream Hunt who say wow, this is actually like a blessing I can provide for my family playing football. Let's let's make it let's make a better man of ourselves. I, I, I like that a lot about Joe Mixon. Yeah, I mean, that's well, two things. First, I mean, the play I'm talking about from last week against the Raiders. I mean, how many how many running backs on an 0 and 10 team just they just run that ball out of bounds, right? You just get to the side. There's nowhere to go. You're just like, all right, fine, whatever. It's, mm-hmm. This play's dead. You know what I mean? Like, to even reverse field and just be like, no, screw it. I'm trying. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not taking anything. You know, I'm not just going out of bounds. I'm not giving up. Like, I'm just, I'm going after it. You know, like, that's really cool to see. I mean, they're obviously a terrible team. And, um, you know, they, at the beginning of the season, you could have at least said, well, they, you know, they drafted linemen. And so, uh, maybe they, maybe they'll have a chance. But, I mean, they just so many injuries. And the two guys oh, got, got well, the one guy retired, the one guard retired. And then the other, the, the lineman they drafted in the first round got hurt in the preseason. Yeah, so Jonah, he's but, a good player. He's going to be good for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if they get a quarterback next year, it would be really yeah. cool. It, it would be it, stupid to play him this year even if he got healthy. Right, Jonah. right. But the second thing is, and I mean, you talked about, you know, Mixon and uh, the, you know, the him on video when he hit that girl and everything. Like, I mean, like honestly, I, I'm rooting for – People like Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, all these guys, I'm rooting for them like to change their lives, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like what's better than seeing someone make such a huge mistake like that, just an, an awful, dreadful thing, you know, that that there's no apologizing for, right? You just can't, no matter what you do or say, you're just, you're always going to be the guy that punched a girl, you know, when you were drinking that night or you're always going to, you know, it, but like, it's just, I don't know, like I just... I'm all, I know what I'm, you mean. Like I'm you don't like the situation guy, that sure. happened, and like, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Oh, it's but, horrid. Obviously, but you're like, you're like, not, I want that kid to get better. I, I, yeah. Obviously, for me, I'm still that age. But for you, I'm sure you look back and you're like, the kid was 20 years old. Like he has his whole life ahead of him. You don't want him to just be this, this guy now where he just does everything. You know, he underachieves at everything because of that one incident. And Kareem Hunt has and. Joe Mixon have truly looked like they've started to turn their lives around. I, I, I'm usually really optimistic about these type of players. I want them to get better. There's some that I don't think will, and I truthfully think Tyreek Hill is one of them. He has, he seems to have no remorse for the shit he's done twice, and the stuff he's done is beyond hitting a woman in my eyes. You, you choked out your pregnant wife, and then when she had the kid, you broke his arm and beat her up again. I think that man should be in jail, but he is on a football field. At yeah. That player, he he disgusts me. I and I hate that he's very good. I hate that he's a superstar. I, I I'm glad that there's players better than him at that position. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Michael Thomas, doing great things. Odell Beckham Jr. They're all donating so much money to charity, doing cool things. Like, I'm just very glad Tyree Kill is not the 
face of the wide receiver class for the NFL because that's it just I don't know it just something about it seems like he doesn't isn't remorseful like Mixon and Hunt are it's gosh I could talk all day about that because with this whole Miles Garrett thing and looking back into some of the I looked at deep files into the NFL stuff today and there's been some outrageous shit players have done so lighten it up a little bit. Let's get off the domestic violence thing because that's just super saddening and disheartening. Well, I just wanted to say that, you know, I'm like I'm Mr. Silver Linings, right? Like I'm always trying to, you know, root for people and, and you just always, I, it's just cool to hear good things and stuff like that. And it's, you know, when somebody makes a giant mistake like that in their life, like you can go two ways, right? You can just keep repeating the same mistake over and over and just be, you know, an absolute scumbag or you can... <laughs> grow and, and learn from it. I mean, mistakes yeah. are awful, but if you, if you turn it into something positive, right, if you take it and you make it into something good where you can, you know, maybe you teach others, maybe other people, you know, I mean, I mean, you if know he's a positive these... role model, you know, mix in any of these guys, you know, maybe if one person sees that and says, you know what, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to make that mistake. You know, like if it stops one other person from, you know, hitting a woman or doing something like, I mean, it's never worth it, but at least something good comes out of it. I mean, Absolutely. That, he, that's worthwhile. So Yeah, like Kareem's been – I don't know about Joe Mixon for sure, but just being a Browns fan, you know, he's been volunteering in the community. He's been doing stuff at the Children's Hospital, you know, and when it's all said and done, you know, him or Mixon or both of them, like these players like go from high school to high school when they're retired, get paid a little bit of money to talk to students, and like who better to stop – that stuff from the beginning than these NFL players who are looked at as immortals in kids' eyes. Like, so there is good that comes from it. It sucks that it's just like what people say when someone dies, like it sucks that it happens, but it ends up bringing people together sometimes. Like it's just one of those things where you got to see the positive thing. You got to see the positive side in it, or you're going to live your life in a miserable sack. Agreed. Um, Agreed. So I'm going to pull a Joe Rogan here for anyone that listens to the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm going to let John talk about his teasers, and I'm going to go take a leak. <laughs> and I'll be back when John – I'll 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 come right back in. But, John, tell us about your teasers this week, which I think are absolute locks. Lock them in! Beautiful. Um, so, and actually, uh, the last thing I was going to say about the Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, um, this was a stat I dug up. This is pretty cool. So um, – since 2012, since the start of the 2012 season, uh, divisional games after week 10, so week 10 and beyond, um, this is a sample size of over 700 games. It's just over 700. Uh, the under in those games is cashing at about 61%. Uh, it's like 60.8. So you're talking about, uh, yeah, this obviously has to deal with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Uh, so we like the first half under. The um, the game is that 38. We talked about that total. Um, we've got – so this stat pertains to that. Um, divisional game after week 10. Um, I mean, you know, the divisional games are tougher anyways. And just you got two teams that you know each other. Maybe you're playing for the second time, you know, most likely at this point in the, in the uh, season. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the unders cash in at a 60% clip basically. Um so that's interesting. That's something else to throw in there. And the re- the difference between taking the, the full game over under versus the first half is I think in the first half you're going to have uh, more conservative um, play. It's going to be a lot more run-focused. You're going to try to, um, 
you know, not turn the ball over and be a lot more careful with things. If, I don't know, let's say it's middle of the third quarter and it's 23 to, you know, 20, um, you might have one team start throwing the ball a ton and you might actually get that over just because the game script has changed. But, you know, that's why that's, that's why we're taking the first half under. Um, oh, as far as the teasers, we got two of them. We're going to do – we're going to take Tampa Bay. Uh, they're plus four. So we're going to take them up to plus ten at Atlanta. We're going to pair that with Dallas. They're getting six and a half. So we're going to take them up to twelve and a half at New England. That's the first teaser. The second one, we're going to take Green Bay. Uh, they're plus three. So we're going to move them up to plus nine. Uh, Green Bay is at San Francisco. And then we're going to move Seattle up. We're going to take Seattle plus seven and a half at Philly. Um, real quick yeah. with those. So uh, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, division game. Um, I know we've seen Atlanta look like world beaters lately, and uh, <laughs> their defense has definitely improved and getting a lot of pressure. Um, they're, they're still a poor defense, though, overall. The secondary is really, really bad. Um, I, I just don't – they're not going to be able to stop uh, – Godwin and Evans. There's just no, there's no way. Um, that's going to be an explosive game. And Tampa Bay's rush defense is still the, the by DVOA number one in the NFL. So you're already missing Devontae Freeman. You're going to have to have Brian Hill run the ball, and he's he did not look all that good last week either. So uh, I just think Tampa Bay is going to be able to hang around in that game for sure. I don't see that as uh, being a blowout or anything like that. Uh, Dallas, to be honest with you, I like them at six and a half. Uh, I think. They're definitely going to be in that game. I don't think if they lose, it's not going to be by more than a touchdown. But just in case, we're just going to throw them in the teaser here. But if you like Dallas, I wouldn't. Dallas plus six and a half is a fine bet as well. So, but uh, New England's offense is really struggling. They look bad. And um, if we get, please, Jason Garrett, don't get in Kellen Moore's way. Please just let him call the offense. Uh, when that happens, Dallas looks really good on offense. When it doesn't, it's awful. Um, and if anybody's got Zeke in uh, season-long fantasy leagues, uh, I think this is going to be a big week for him. So, yeah. um, the uh, the other one we've got we're taking Green Bay plus nine at San Francisco. I just, I mean, San Francisco's really banged up too. Green Bay's played really well recently, obviously that that bizarre week against the Chargers, notwithstanding. Um, but uh, yeah, this should be a nice tight game. This is going to be. I, I can't wait to watch that game, but. Taking getting over a touchdown here with Green Bay is just, uh, and then Seattle, same thing, plus seven and a half at Philly. Um, uh, Philly is getting a little bit better on their pass defense. That was the thing to talk about with them forever was they're good against the run, bad against the pass. They're starting to get a little bit more healthy. Uh, when Dar, Dar, sorry, Ronald Darby came back, uh, they started to get a little bit better. So, but you just, you're not stopping Russell Wilson. You're just not. So, um, and Seattle's defense is not good, but they're good enough. Uh, Philly cannot – they don't have any outside receivers, and they cannot win any man-to-man matchups. I mean, and if you can't beat anyone off the – you know, within two and a half, three seconds, uh, and you got to deal with Jadavian Clowney and that pass rush, I just think Wentz is in for a real long day. I don't I don't think he's – he's going to be in a lot of trouble. So I really like Seattle uh, getting the uh, touchdown and a hook there. I agree. And with that, John, are you ready to go to our you ready to go to our mailbag? Yeah, can't wait. We got a lot of good questions this week. Oh, get up there, Zeus. Yeah, good boy. Um all right, so I don't have any drop for you guys. I know. Sad, isn't it? 
But mailbag questions. I thought we had more for some. No! Steffi tweets at Steffi tweets asked us one, but John already answered that because due to Thursday night football. So we'll go right down to Daniel Doherty, my good buddy from up at BG at Daniel Da D A U G H. Um, Kirk Cousins on the bye or Daniel Jones against the Bears. This one was tough for me, but I ultimately <laughs> ended up going with Daniel Jones against the Bears. Um, I, you know, Kirk Cousins you know, might get a couple points. More than Daniel Jones? Uh, there's a serious possibility of that. He's not going to lose you any. Uh, I, do, I think Daniel Jones is like, I don't want to say good play, but there's always like that little bit of hope in your gut when you play him in fantasy because he has the legs. And in mm-hmm. fantasy, at a quarterback, you want the legs. But this this Bears defense is too good. I believe it's in Chicago. I don't uh, know. Yes. I'm just pulling that out of my ass. Okay, Correct. In Chicago... Bears need to win. I, this is going to be a battle of terrible, terrible offenses. I can promise you that. But yeah. you got to go with Daniel Jones, obviously. But I, 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 if you don't have Kirk Cousins, don't play Daniel Jones. That's, <laughs> that was a brilliant, brilliant question. Brilliant tweet. I laughed. I laughed. Uh, yeah, when I read that one, that was funny. So. Yeah. So we'll go down to a serious question. These are going to be DFS questions, which we'll kind of hit on later in the show. Who's the most overlooked guy in daily fantasy this week? And I'll tell you mine right now, and I'm going to tell you, people are going to say, oh, you're a homer. Hear me out. Odell Beckham Jr. is in top five in the league in target shares per game. Odell Beckham Jr. is only catching 50% of his targets right now. Odell Beckham Jr. is going up against the worst defense in maybe the modern history of football. And uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have – basically college corners guarding him if i had to be a betting man i would honestly if someone gave me a bet you know 10 bucks down odell beckham goes for 25 plus in fantasy this week i'd put the money down like over under 25 points i there's just everything is leading up to if this browns team is legit and they want to compete they need to smack this team on the ass game and they need to put up 40, 50 points like they did against the Ravens. And I think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be a big part of that. Obviously, don't look too far away from Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb running the ball against this Dolphins team. But third quarter, if the Browns are up big, I don't see Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin letting off because, one, it's not in Todd Munkin's DNA to run the ball. Uh, that that might be why Cleveland fans said the Browns are passing a lot. Maybe it's not all Freddie. Um, there's a, I think there's a ghost in here. I, I'm not – I still think Freddie does a pretty bad job of play calling right now, but I'm going to give him time. I'm going to give him time. I keep telling myself that. I'm starting to be crazy. But Odo Beckham Jr. is my most overlooked guy in daily fantasy this week, which I know is weird because he's not, like, super overlooked. But in fantasy this year, he's been a, he's been a stash away. Don't play him right now, guy. Yeah. No, I think that's a good one for this week for sure. I think uh, if you've got him in uh, season-long leagues, um, I mean, it's time to – it's time to fire him up. That's for sure. I mean, you probably had a reason to bench him in a couple matchups. This, you know, he's, he's seen, I mean, the corners he's seen in the last four or five weeks has been, it's Stefan Gilmore and Tredavious White. He got Minka. I mean, Chris Harris, like it's just been awful. Is Chris Harris good? Yeah. Chris (laughs) Harris is amazing. That's for sure. Um, Although 
Oddly enough, Stefan Diggs did have a really nice game against him last week, which wow. Diggs is pretty remarkable. Completely bizarre. Yeah, but Diggs just man, without yeah, feeling it is in other games, he just you don't even know he's on the field and then all of a sudden he has to go against Chris Harris and he finally has a game. So It's been really weird. Like part of me kinda wants Odell Beckham Jr. to just come out and basically say, Hey, I want the ball more or I'm not gonna play and all this funky shit because Diggs did it up in the north, it wasn't talked about and now he's playing great. Uh, of course, if Odell Beckham Jr. did that, it'd basically be like a nuclear bomb had dropped right on Cleveland. Of course. But, you know, it, in time, in due time. No, nah, he'll be all right this week for sure. I really – I think that's a good play. So, um, yeah, for uh, for Overlook guys, so I just kind of was looking through the um, – one of the things that I – I think getting the tight end right in um, DFS is so, so monumentally important because – It's so hard. Yeah, it's a. It's really hard. B. If you pay up for Kelsey's, you know, guys like that. I mean, he's on a buy this week, but you know what I mean. Um, like it's then it's just tough. You got to take, you know, the you got to take a real cheap guy somewhere else. And you know, taking saying. the cheap tight end is you, you can do that, but it's really really difficult because if you get you know a zero, like that's you're dead. You're you know, there's just no way to recuperate from that. So, but um, I was looking at uh, so Atlanta. Uh, obviously, Austin Hooper's out. Um, Atlanta has um, what's called they are at home against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, Arizona is the worst team uh, against tight ends. Tampa Bay is second worst. Um, those two teams have been incredibly reliable as far as um, your fantasy tight end. If you're playing Arizona, you're playing Tampa Bay. You know you can expect really, really good things from your fantasy tight end. Um, Luke Stocker and Jaden Graham are the two Atlanta tight ends that are going to play the majority of snaps since uh, Hooper is going to be out. So Stocker costs six thousand. Uh, Jaden Graham is fifty four hundred on fantasy draft. Um, I I think Stocker uh, is probably the guy who's going to play a little bit more, but I think he's a little bit more of the blocking tight end. So Graham's probably going to run more routes. This is a total dart throw, but in a mm. tournament or something. Uh, I mean, you can save, I mean, that's a ton of money. You put Graham in your lineup at 5,400 and you can pay up, you know, for just about every other spot. Um, so okay. one of those two guys Johnson I think would be really good. Tight ends. He had Ross Dwelly. We played yeah. him. He had Jonu Smith's best week. Yeah. We had him. Listen to the man. He knows his yep. tight ends. Um, and then the other two guys, I was looking at receivers too. I just wanted to mention real fast. So uh, Tyler Lockett is iffy to play this week. Um, and Philly really where they struggle is with, um, outside receivers. They're, they're pretty good at interior stuff, tight end slot, but they really, really struggle against outside receivers. Um, Josh Gordon's only 9,500. And if Lockett misses, I think that's a, that's a pretty smart play. Um, you get a somewhat cheaper tight or a wide receiver and you're going to see a guy that's, especially if Lockett misses a lot of volume against a team that doesn't really cover. Uh, outside receivers well uh he's a real big body obviously um you know it's just it might be out of necessity that he's going to see a lot of targets uh russell gage for atlanta is the other one he's only eight thousand. um he's gotten his last three games he's had nine targets five and four um and uh they're just they're beat up i mean without um hooper you know we talked about the two tight ends already but um i mean this just play your guys against the Buccaneers pass defense or lack thereof. They just don't have one. Um, I mean, there are 11 guys on the field. I'm pretty sure at all times, but boy, I mean, they, they're just invisible basically. So 
Um, so yeah, that's another, that might be another cheap guy, 8,300. You just toss them in and then you can spend up elsewhere. And if you're going to stack, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to stack some of the Falcons guys, obviously. Um, you know, Matt Ryan, maybe grab Jaden Graham, Russell Gage. I mean, Julio, obviously, if you want to pay up for him, he's, you know, he's probably going to eat this Buccaneers team alive. So, Hey, you want to, uh, you just want to go right into our DFS now and then we'll do our, uh, we'll do the poll and then we'll go into standard yeah. fantasy last. Sure. That's a great idea. All right, so you talked about stacking. I really like the idea of a Matt Ryan and Gage stack. Okay. If you if you like that, you talk me into it. I mean, Ryan's only Ryan's twelve thousand three hundred, so he is what the fifth or sixth. One, two, three, four, five. He's the fifth most expensive. But if we're gonna save money elsewhere, we can afford it. So yeah, I mean, let's see what a let's see what a Falcon stack looks like against that Tampa defense. So. So do you so, want to go? Um, yeah, just a thought. Um, if we wanted to go Matt Ryan and Julio and go expensive at wide receiver, or do you want to go a Ridley or a Gage? As long as we get to spend up at running back, I'm okay, fine so with. So what running back do you want? Let's start with the whichever one of the uh, yeah cheaper guys gets us, lets us go. Because running back, I mean, you've McCaffrey is Jesus. He's thirty what. 3200 more expensive than the next highest running back. And he plays New Orleans. I don't like that run defense. But I mean, I mean he's still going to score, but for the money, right. I don't know if it's I don't know, it's tough. I mean, Kamara for sure. Yeah. For sure against Carolina, they're soft uh against the run. They've been really bad lately, I so. Agree. And then and another running back cuz we have the two flex spots. I know it's like a everyone's gonna have him, but the Bo Scarborough against Washington is hard to overlook with Jeff Driscoll being the quarterback. You know, he had fourteen some carries last week. He played yeah. well. I don't know. Yeah. It's but it's also a shot in the dark because he's not gonna receive he's not gonna catch anything. No, but you're gonna hope that against that team against Washington, you're not gonna need you know, you're going to be in the right game scripts where it's going to That's be Scarborough right. and you're not going to see a lot of passing downs. So McKissick and to a lesser extent, Ty Johnson just won't be necessary. Um, so, yeah, I like Scarborough. We can definitely try to let's tentatively put him in and we can always, you know, pay up for somebody else if we like him more. But okay. uh, so Kamara receiver, and Scarborough are good. I would I mean, I would gladly go gauge. It's eight grand. That's you're in you're in tournament. You got to take these chances. You want to, if you want to win, you got to yeah. spin down to spin up. So if we did gauge, I, cause this is my favorite player this week. I, if, if you don't want to, it's fine. I love Odell Beckham jr. With the target shares he's been getting, he needs a game. I think sure. everyone in that organization knows as awesome as he's been in that locker room. Everyone knows Odell jr. Wants that game to just, he wants to piss in that dog pound. <laughs> and I don't blame him. So I, I like Odell. Are you okay with Odell? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right, that was easy. And then at tight end, do you, you want to just triple stack it and go Jaden Graham? Did you like that enough to play it? Yeah. Um, yeah, if I mean... If not, we can look other, way, other places. Well, I like... At least let's start there because... Uh, we can always, you know, pay up um, for a better tight end, a bigger tight end, you know, someone who's got uh, what's called a more expensive one later. But if we start out with the cheap guy and we just like the way the roster looks, then we're, you know, we're already good. So, mm -hmm. but uh, 
yeah, so let's start with Graham and see what uh, the rest of the lineup looks like. All right. Let's see. He was 54. Yeah, he's – wow, he's so cheap. Yeah. That's so, unreal. Uh, if you don't mind, can we go to defense? Let's I was start. just going to suggest it. Okay. This is a crazy – this is crazy, I know. Well, the first one's not very crazy. First one's um, – well, actually, like, I like three of them. They're all right in a row, and they're all very, very cheap. Denver Broncos against Buffalo, Detroit against Washington, and New York Jets against Oakland. I honest to God like all three of them. I, something about New York is just like, there's just I just I'm feeling something. I think they're gonna be frustrated because they can't run the ball with Jacobs. Carr's gonna try to force something, but also like Detroit at Washington is almost impossible to not look at and start salivating. But Detroit's been bad. Oh, where, where's your head at defense? Sorry, I was just... No, those are... Um, yeah, I think you... Uh, let's call it... I think you got... I think you touched on some good ones. Uh, yeah, the Bills at home against Brandon Allen. Uh, the Browns at home against Ryan Fitzpumpkin. Oh, yeah, um, I love those ones too, but those are... Those were the top tier ones. I, so you're looking down at the cheaper... So... I was just... Yeah, I was... And honestly, as crazy as it is, I like, I like Denver and I like Buffalo on this one. I think this is going right. to be an ugly, ugly game. Yeah. The Allen brothers are going to be awful together because like you said, Chris Harris, he knows he played bad and he wants that payday when he's out of there. I think he's going to play. I mean, and there's no one on that Bills team. John Brown, uh Beasley, they don't even they can't even sniff Chris Harris socks. Like no, no. No. <laughs> so, I like the Broncos defense, but also Chris Harris isn't the entire team. Well, if we're going with cheap ones, then I think the Jets is uh, a really solid one. Okay. I didn't know if I was too crazy saying I want the Jets defense with the secondary of seventh grade football team, but (laughs) it's just, and they average a pretty good points per game. Mm -hmm. They've had, they've had some good games. I'm going to go back into their game log. Okay. So they have a couple that are just very high, which, you know, kind of inflates it, but what they, they do against bad quarterbacks, what you should do. So, yeah. Um, I like the Jets there. The uh, And the Jets cost 49. Okay. So we're sitting at 15,000 left to play here. Yeah, that's amazing. I know. So, all right. I mean, and so we need, all right, so so far we've got Matt Ryan, a quarterback, Alvin Kamara, running back, Bo Scarborough, running back. Mm-hmm. We got Russell Gage, a wide receiver, Jaden Graham, a tight end, and the Jets defense. Mm-hmm. All right, so we can obviously spend up at receiver. Um, a lot of good options this week. Michael Thomas at home against Carolina. You've got Julio Jones at home against uh, the Falcons. I mean, he's he's on the Falcons against the Bucks, and then Evans in that game as well on the road against Atlanta. Um, I mean, it's not. It's pretty tough to. Beckham, I mean, there's just – it's all good stuff here, all really good stuff. Yeah, I like any of those top four. My vote's with Beckham, but I'll listen to either of the other three as well. Gosh. I mean, I – Only problem – Julio, Julio hurts me because I don't want to go Gage, Julio, and Graham because you're not going to be able to fit that entire – I don't know. Yeah. Let's put well if we can let's see if we can afford Thomas. Let's see if if we can make a lineup that works with him. Uh you know Thomas, you know he's on pace for 150 receptions this year. Oh yeah. 
Okay. Do you know when the last time he had a dropped pass? Ooh, probably 2017. It was week seven of last year. Oh. That is unbelievable. And he gets so many targets. He's yeah, it's incredible. I mean, he's gonna he's on pace to break Marvin Harrison's receptions record, and he hasn't dropped the ball since like yeah. my move over <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. We got a new best hands. Oh, he's incredible. He's just all right. Incredible. So this is my pound. If if I don't get OBJ, okay. I won't cry about it. But I have to have Nick Chubb. I have to have him against this Dolphins defense. Yeah, let's put him in one of the flex spots. All right. All right. For sure. So if we get that, if we put Chubb in there at 15, um, three, we have 11,400 left to spend on a flex player, which is not bad. Not bad at all. So um, let's see. So it looks like we're going to get all the guys right around 11-3 are not like phenomenal. Disgusting receivers. Give me the running backs. So it looks like we're going to be able to spend up somewhere else. We're going to end up having a uh, – What's it called? Finding a, a running back that we like. Oh, uh, Tevin Coleman's 10-6 um, against Green Bay's really bad rush defense. Breda's probably not going to play. Um, the Coleman needs a good game. He's been ass. I think he's going to see he's going to see a ton of volume. That's for sure, which is really nice. And for that that price point, I was surprised. I mean, um, Lindsey Philip Lindsey's right around there too. Ten. He's 10-8. Um, what he's starting the, to uh, Moser. It's not that much cheaper. He's starting to pull just... away from Freeman as far as snap percentage goes. He played a lot more than Freeman did last week. Um, tons of carries. He sees passing work, obviously. And Buffalo recently has been uh, worse against the run than they were at the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the year, they were kind of in a void. But now, um, the last few weeks, they've had some running backs do some damage against them. So he might not be. He wouldn't be the worst thing either. So. Uh, um... Just I'm just fiddling with the lineup. I I know you didn't talk about him, but I put Ronald Jones in just to see. And if you put Ronald Jones in uh, at tight end for 7,300, there's Jacob Hollister, who is Russell Wilson's new favorite target for whatever oh, yeah. reason. Oh, yeah. So that's a thought. But also, like, you look at Jacob Hollister and you're like, oh, he had 19 points and then 20 points. Can he do that again? Yeah. But he's going up against one of the worst secondaries. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, and he's what's it called? If if Lockett misses, uh, you know, you just it's gonna be basically Metcalf and um Josh Gordon and him, and then, you know, a little bit of David Moore play he plays uh sometimes, but uh but yeah, I mean there's not a whole lot there. I um I'm gonna pound the table to remove Ronald Jones. I just okay. I can't do it. Uh he that those two running backs are a disaster and there's just i'm calling it i i, I no am respecting floor. i am respecting your removal but i'm calling it now ronald jones is gonna have a good game really yeah i like him i don't i don't like him i like the situation this week okay I do not like ronald jones okay i like the situation just i, mean, I think it, i think atlanta is going to the way that they've been intercepting quarterbacks like that defense is going to want to play the pass they want the hmm. interceptions and i think when you game plan for the buccaneers you say oh they have two of the best receivers in the nfl so i that but also at the same time like i'm not going to argue because it's ronald jones and peyton barber they both suck that's hmm. just it 
they both suck. Yeah. Awful. Um, so in that range, the guys we talked about, any Lindsay Coleman, um, I like Coleman. I also, I like Coleman and Mozart. Um, okay. it's, I, I think Coleman's a nice play because even if they get down, like he, he can still stay in there. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Places. I don't think he's not leaving the field, even if green Bay somehow is, you know, 13, 13 to three at think, the end of the first quarter or something. I he's think playing. green Bay getting up early is a real possibility. Sure. And, uh, I think San Francisco, the way they come back is short passes. Like J- J- Jimmy G is not going to out is not going to throw over top of you. He's going to throw underneath routes. And that's why I think Coleman comes in big. I love putting Coleman in there. I have our four running backs, Kamara, Scarborough, Chubb, and Coleman. I really like that this week. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, we are left with, uh, if we add Tevin Coleman, then we have $800 left over. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any spot Maybe that Scarborough. we want to – the one thing I was thinking is as much as I do love Michael Thomas, obviously, he, he is really expensive. He's 17 6 and Evans or Beckham are 2000 cheaper. So if we take the 800 we have left over, swap out Thomas for one of those two, that gives us 2800 to manipulate some other spots. Yeah. I mean, maybe so we go. My, my feeling is if we're building this for a tournament, the mm-hmm. entire world's going to look at Mike Evans against Atlanta mm-hmm. and say, like, this is the game. I don't, I honest to God, don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be highly picked because yeah. of how expensive he is and he averages 13 points a game and i this is my gut feeling that like the browns are going to try to put up as they're going to literally i think they're going to try to put up an ungodly amount of points against this dolphins team because this browns ross this Browns season for those players is probably like when you're 13 years old like everything you do is just frustrating you can never get good enough like they're just a bunch of 13 year olds stuck in these hallways and they just want to be you know they want to be in high school already they want to they want to move into that they want to move into that area and i think i think odell beckham jr is going to be a big piece of that because of the amount of target shares he's getting in the nfl with the low amount of receptions is just bound to blow up at some point and i truthfully think this is the week but if tyler lockett's healthy i also love tyler lockett i i just i I don't know it's doesn't matter he's banged up whenever whenever he's banged up he just still plays like nothing's wrong i also like i don't love cooper cup actually because of the pass rush i also like chris godwin at 13 30 like i don't know i'm gonna let you pick this one well let's go let's uh take out thomas let's put in beckham okay because i do think uh i think if there ever was a week it's gonna it's this week so and um we got chubb in there like you know those are the two browns obviously i think to have this week um and uh yeah although so. it's, it does scare me that jarvis is going to be in miami revenge tour <laughs> yeah i don't yeah, know he should have a nice game too game. but i just think the the ceiling it's is much I mean, yeah the ceiling what beckham high. beckham could turn in like 180 and two touchdowns you know yeah, for sure like eight eight nine catches or something like that I and mean, he might yeah he's really gonna i think he's gonna explode too so, so all right so that leaves us with 3900 and if oh 3,900. Wait, who do you have in? So you got Matt I Ryan. I have 12,800. I'm sorry? I have 12,800. <laughs> For? I have 12,800 remaining. Oh, you're just missing a whole... You're missing somebody. 
So I've got Matt Ryan, Alvin Kamara, Bo Scarborough, Russell Gage, Beckham Jr., Jaden Graham. I got Chubb, Tevin Coleman, and the Jets defense. Yeah, yeah, I took out Scarborough because I thought if we're going to move up somewhere, that's definitely the place. Okay, so let's do that then. Let's take out. Let's look for a running back that we can squeeze for. So I've got two. I've got two thoughts right away. Okay. If we stick with this lineup, there's mm-hmm. Aaron Jones. Yes, he's going up against the fourth best run defense according to fantasy pools metrics, but I still really like Aaron Jones. But yeah. even more, I love Derrick Henry this week against Jacksonville. But we'd have to save one hundred dollars somewhere, which I yeah. think is doable. I don't know how. I don't know where we would cut back. Um, you know, we could get rid of Odell and put in Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you don't like Derrick Henry, though, I just I think no, I do. The way that the Jacksonville Jaguars were run against last week, Marlon Mack. Derrick Henry's a better runner than Marlon Mack. Yeah, with a better offense, not a better offensive line, but a good offensive line. So if we thirteen nine too much. Um... Okay, yeah. Let's uh, all right. Let's try to get Der- let's you get Derrick Henry Zeke. in then. So we got Henry. So we were just you, need to were find a hundred. Get Zeke in there. Say again. Were you trying to get Zeke in? Uh, just looking at it, but it's too expensive, and he is going up against New England, so they might. I do think he's going to have a really good game, but uh, doesn't doesn't look like a great matchup on paper. So, but um, but so, yeah. Do we like? I I just have a suggestion. If we took out. Tevin Coleman, which I don't love, mm-hmm. to put in Derrick Henry and OBJ. Then we have ten thousand five hundred for our last flex spot, um, because I do like, um, I I do like Odell Beckham Jr. more than Tevin Coleman, but I also don't like the players available at the prices down, um, in the ten thousand five hundred range. Right. Yeah. No, it gets that gets tricky for sure, um, but yeah. Mm. I I don't know. I what do you want to do? You want to keep OBJ or Tevin Coleman? Your call. This way, it's your fault. God, we were just talking. Well, I mean, I think it, it's smarter to like pivot to someone like Godwin. Because I think I I just think Coleman is like I said the volume's going to be there. They're in a great matchup. Uh, they're really banged up everywhere else. I think that he's just going to have to. They're going to have to rely on him. So, and uh, we know he's got. I mean, he had the four touchdown game. He's got the upside. That's for sure. So, so it does make sense to. What's it called? I do. I love Beckham, but I mean it to save that money. I mean Godwin. Thirteen three. I mean, that's unbelievable. I know, but so. then if we go with Tevin Coleman, we have a bunch of money left over again. Yeah, we got eleven hundred, so we can see if uh, what's it called. Oh, you know what? Can we turn? Uh, we can turn Derrick Henry into Zeke. <laughs> I see. I like Derrick Henry more this week. Yeah. Okay. Let's leave him then. That's a good one. Uh, so Flex, it. do you just want to say screw it? Put Tevin Coleman in. Have eleven hundred left over for right now. I don't know. Like the only person I might like more than that is DK Metcalf, but I don't want to rely on a receiver that has to have a touchdown to score points for you. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um. 
So can't we can't switch gauge out because there's nobody around 9400 that's even worthwhile. And we are we like throwing the dart with him. That's for sure. Um, how about tight end real fast? What if we uh, go from 54 to 65? Who's around 65 that we? Ooh, everybody is. Ooh, I obviously like Hayden Hurst just because I uh, know I don't actually like Hayden Hurst, but um. See, 6,500. Man. I do like TJ Hawkinson. I do like Tyler Eifert. Yep. I, if, I had to get, if I had to pick right now, I'd go with either Cameron Bray or Tyler Eifert. And I'm not – I'd like to stay away from the Tampa Bay tight ends, that's for sure. So, so how do you feel Eifert about Tyler Eifert? against the Steelers? That's interesting. That is interesting. What about uh, what about going up from Coleman? So taking ten six and going up to what eleven seven? What running backs are around eleven seven? Mixon, Murray, Gurley, yeah. Lindsey. That might be another one, but hmm, I don't know, man. I don't really see any way to tweak this, and I do kind of like this lineup. Maybe we just eat the eleven hundred and say go with it. Or right, how about the defense? That might be the one thing. What if we go from forty nine to six thousand? Anybody we like up there? Jaguars, Seahawks, Redskins, no, not really. No. Nah, I don't think there's anything really to pivot to. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll eat the 1100 for now, and if we need to change it, we'll change it. I, yeah, I, I don't... Uh... Nothing wrong with leaving a little bit of money on the table. Um, I know we didn't put any Seahawks in, but, I mean, if we want to play, we could play Russell Wilson naked. It's exactly 1100 more from uh, Matt Ryan to him. So, uh, nah, let's not do it. Let's just leave it. It's, sure? we, got the, we, we started out with the Atlanta stack. Matt Ryan and uh, – I just saw this. Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott are the only two – I think they have um, – what, they each have seven 300-yard games this year. That's the most in the NFL. So, I mean, and they're playing – he's playing Tampa. It's just – it's a, it's a lock. So Yeah, yep. for sure. All right, so um, – well, we were going to do standard fantasy, but do you want to maybe save that for start that start that on Tuesday or whatnot? Because I don't want this episode to go too long. We're already at about an hour and sixteen. Yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, what's it called? We can definitely do that. We can talk about some of that stuff next week. Uh, All right, I still do want to do. I still definitely want to do the poll party. Yeah, and we got. What's it called? Um, we talked about the uh, most, the one mailbag question, the most overlooked uh, guy. Um, what's it called? Austin sent us a. Uh, oh, okay. A question too. So yeah. let's let's tackle Austin that one. Austin like fast. Texas, our host yep. of Across the Jags, available anywhere podcasts are. Um, who's yeah, the better playing DFS this week, Baker or Darnold? So, if Baker were playing anybody but Cincinnati or Miami, I would say Darnold. But because he's playing just a terrible team, I'd say Baker. Uh, and also because I think that the Jets-Raiders game is going to be relatively low scoring because the Raiders are not going to be able to do what they want to do. I think that the Jets are going to try to utilize Le'Veon Belmore. Um, I, would, I would say Baker, but also I don't think – if you have Darnold and you have to try to get Baker somehow, I would Darnold is a fine start this week in fantasy, I believe. Oh, but yeah. it's DFS. Oh, uh, I actually think Darnold's cheaper, 
So, so going Baker's go. eleven eight and Darnold is eleven three. Oh, so for five hundred bucks, I would say Baker. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the answer is uh, both of them. Either um, if you can build a lineup with uh, where you get Baker, who's slightly more expensive, and you know the other pieces fit well, and you know you want to maybe you um, not maybe you stack him with Chubb and put uh, put Odell Beckham in, obviously. Um, if you can round that out, then yeah, you're good. And if you end up in a spot where you're like, all right, well, you know, I'm at, uh, I, I just need to save 500 somewhere, then pivot to Darnold and, uh, you know, maybe see if, uh, what's it called? Um, we didn't look up Jamison Crowder, but, uh, 11, 11, seven, 11, seven for Crowder. You were on that fast. Good job. So yeah, maybe, uh, you just pivot to that. You throw Crowder in, um, with Darnold and, uh, save some money and go from there. But yeah, I don't think, I think they're both really good starts. Um, I think they're in both, uh, they're both in really good spots and um, yeah, we're going to have some fun on Sunday with Baker. That's for sure. I think um, yeah. I'm really hoping that we see, it looks a lot like it did uh, last year, basically. So yeah. But, All right. Uh, so yeah, good question, Austin. That's a good question. Now I'm going to start playing a little, little drop for you guys yeah feeling that groove but we have a brand new segment for you guys yeehaw you might think it's exciting you might not but whatever you do make sure you go vote on twitter when we have them it's the poll party the atb poll party see what i did there (laughs) all right anyway the questions this week were a little all over the place you know i didn't know we were going to be doing this for certain but I'll start sharing a couple of them with you guys. I'll say all the answers, and then whichever one John thinks is the most interesting, we'll come back to. But first question was, who's your Heisman? 55% of the voters said Joe Burrow. 20% Justin Fields, 20% Chase Young, and 5% Jalen Hurts. I actually think Justin Fields should be the Heisman. He has as many touchdowns in half the plays as Joe Burrow, but who am I to say? The next question was, your MVP as of week 12. Russell Wilson had 33. Lamar Jackson, 47% and was the winner. And then CMC and Michael Thomas each had 10%. I like the Michael Thomas. I think he's been very underlooked this year because of a lot of different things going on. Uh, that's, well, those are the right four guys, first of all. So, yeah. I mean, that's like perfect right there. And, uh, Thank yeah, you. so I, no, I'll, that because that, that, people that people board. leave Thomas off, and I mean, say what you want about CMC being a running back. I mean, the 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 award is the most valuable player. If if Christian McCaffrey's not in the top three for most valuable to his team, then they're they're just get rid of the award. Then. Yep, absolutely, and uh, and that's why Russell Wilson should be the MVP because most valuable to his team. The Seahawks have a worse roster than the Ravens. That's my take. Shocker. Honestly, if if you took Wilson off that team, what, they're a they're top got, pick. They've got to be like 3-13, and 13, right? 4-12? and 12? Yeah, They're bad. They're really bad. Speaking of really bad, the Lakers. Gosh, they're terrible. Oh, Clippers. NBA champions <laughs> crown them already. But what did I say for those of you listening? I said the Lakers would be better because of their veteran and championship experience. However, we're only, what, 10 games into the NBA. Gotta start that music back up. Sorry, guys. But uh, as of right now, who's the best team in the NBA? 48% of you said the Lakers. 
6% of you said the Celtics. Haha. <laughs> 26 said the Clippers and 20% said other. I'm sure the other were NBA Twitter kids saying the freaking Suns or something. But the Lakers have been fantastic. Um, not as good as the Cavs, but no, the Lakers have been fantastic. Better than everyone expected they would be. The Clippers have been as I expected. They're super talented. I don't think they can win at a big moment because they don't have the necessary playmakers. But that's just me. The fourth pod, I mean the fourth poll, and then the fifth one's the most important, so that's why I'm saving it for last. But this one, best chance of making the NFL playoffs in the AFC. We had the Raiders, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Titans. 29% said the Raiders. 3% said the Steelers. 5% said the Titans. And 63% said the Browns. I wonder if I have a little bit of a Browns following on the podcast Twitter. I actually voted in that one. Who'd you vote? The Raiders. Okay. All right. I uh, I do like the fact that the Titans have a better chance than the Steelers, honestly. I think the Titans are a better team than the Steelers. And with all the injuries and shit going on with the Steelers, I don't think they get any better. But well, I, I don't to. know if the Browns have that much better chance than the Raiders. <sighs> They just uh, Browns have no margin for error. That's the problem, obviously. Yep. And you're not now. You're missing Miles Garrett for the rest of the year. I mean, it's just who's Miles Garrett? He sucks anyway. Oof, I don't know about that. Uh, according to Browns Twitter, if he doesn't have ten tacks a game, he doesn't even play. <laughs> but the fifth and final and most important poll. Are you ready, John Kaufman? Oh, I'm ready. The best kind of donut. We had glazed. We had filled long john, which make it how you want. What's in it? I don't care. Custard, pudding, <laughs> frosting, cream. I don't care. Apple fritter, super slept on. You know, before I ever had one, I thought it was apple flavored. Had one, changed my life forever. It's basically an elephant ear. You're welcome, people listening that didn't know what an apple fritter was. And then last, we had a cake donut. Hmm. The results are in. At 42% in the winner, we had a glazed donut. Uh, wow. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's just like the safe pick. That's like... Glazed? You're, that, you guys picking glazed donuts is like this the girl in the movie picking the safe guy, the high school... The, the, he's super smart. He plays on the football team. The parents like him. Picking him instead of picking the kind of rowdy kid... That you super, you love, you know you want to be with him, but you're like, eh, it's not the safe pick. That's what all you did picking a damn glazed donut. Who the heck? That's the only donut in the world you eat, and you're like, well, shit, I can't touch anything for the next seven days because I got glaze on my hands. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. I mean, I'm not a sweets guy, but what? I, I just not. I never really had much of a sweet tooth, you know. Like, a, I love cheesecake or. You know, the occasional like Oreo or something like that, but I I never get dessert ever. Like, and you know, people bring in donuts. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Every now and again, you know, you get a craving for one or whatever. But I mean, if I do, if it is that moment, and um, somebody brings in donuts to work, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I I do feel like having a donut. Like, I'm not picking the glazed donut out. Like, it's like if you're in your mid 30s and you're like, uh. Oh, wait, what's your favorite food? Oh, meatloaf. 
<laughs> no, it's not. No. My mom it, made it, it a be. lot when I was a kid. Oh, no, but my wife makes the best meatloaf in the world. I, I don't care. I don't care if you get have an orgasm when you're eating it. Like, you, <laughs> you have to say something else. You can't say meatloaf. Meatloaf cannot be your favorite food. That is ridiculous. So either you've never had anything else or I don't know what to tell you, but you're just you're, – you're eating. You're doing it all wrong. You're doing it all wrong. So – <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that was a. Whew. I mean, oh. meatloaf is just oh, a thing you make when you're like, "Well, we don't have anything else. I guess we're gonna have meatloaf tonight. That's fine, okay?" And it can be good, but Jesus, like, pick, how about a ribeye? Like, do you ever have a ribeye? Do you ever hear of a ribeye? <laughs> if you have an orgasm meat meatloaf, I don't know what the hell is going on. If you have a good ribeye, but uh, <laughs> so Julia. My girlfriend's in the other room listening, and she's been texting me as we talk. And she said, <laughs> "So I'm going to keep you guys up to date with what she said." Baker's better than Darnold. A lot of context around that. Correct. Apple fritter is what I voted. Nice. And then she told me to be quiet because the cat only got 18 hours of sleep today, and I'm keeping him up. Oh, so yikes! Piss off, Larry the cat. But yeah. um, also I had a mention on the tweet saying jelly donuts. That's that's a classic donut, but it's nobody's favorite donut. No, it's a fine donut. Like there's nothing Nobody there's nothing in the world wrong with a glazed donut. Look, the point is this. If I get to the box of donuts and the only thing left is glazed, I'm not disappointed. That's fine. Yeah. That's totally fine. It's not like, you know, when you get to the, the you know, the box of chocolates when sometimes like, you know, there's caramel in one and marshmallow. Like I, oh. I always end up with the one with toothpaste inside. I'm just like, what the – this is terrible. What happened? <laughs> The but strawberry like, or the watermelon uh, or yeah, the peach. Like this, you know, get this one's got coconut out. and, you know, shrimp. It's like, ugh, get out or of it's here. Like, it's like you go – my mom's like this. She gets like these exotic-looking candies and puts it in the candy jar when really it's like, just give me a goddamn Reese. Right. But um, – Yep. Love but yeah, the glazed but... donuts fine. That's not the problem. The point is, is that it just can't be your fa your favorite. It's like saying it's like vanilla. Ice, like oh, my favorite is vanilla. Ice. No, it's not. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. No, go try thirty different flavors of ice cream and come back and tell me that you like vanilla the best. <laughs> Get out of here with that. They make that like reverse. birthday cake stuff and yes. you know chocolate caramel triple moose track like anything peanut butter. Right. Absolutely. Blueberry pie. I don't know, but. I, I like that. I like the poll party. I think that's fun to go over uh, the polls. Um, oh, yeah. If you guys have poll suggestions, send them in to us. I'm just going to try to become the Dan Levitard show because that's the that's the greatest sports show in the history of the world. Uh, Dan Levitard. God, all they do is polls, dude. I know. But he is just – that dude is brilliant. He's, he's so smart and aware. What makes me and so mad? Funny and he's, he's wait. So I might be. I'm this stupid question. He's the highly questionable guy, right? Yes. Okay, that show with Stu Gatz is literally the worst television I've ever watched in my life. Like worse than the new Disney shows they have out, which is just freaking atrocious. Like it's doesn't awkward as hell. Does, yeah, the Dan Levitard show is awful. It's awful. I listen to it on the radio, but then he comes out with these clips on Twitter, and I'm like, where the hell was I when? The stuff he's so articulate. Mm -hmm. He's he's one of the best at what he does. Why does his show suck so much? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Like where is that all the time? Anytime there's a controversial issue in the media, he's so good at you know debunking what is happening and briefing everyone on. Man, he's he's so seeing good. things from a different like he just sees 
he brings up like an angle that you just didn't ever consider, right? Mm -hmm. Like he has the ability to assume the, like the emotional vantage point of people that you, you know, he really has no reason to be able to do, you know, it's just to put himself in the shoes of poor people or other immigrants or what, you know, whatever, like uh, just people that you don't necessarily know how to, you know, how they feel like it just, he just comes up with great arguments for a lot of different stuff. And it's like, you, you see the other side of things. That's what I really like about him. He's not always trying to sell you on that side. It's just about, Hey, you should realize that there are other, you know, facets to this. And maybe, maybe if you're that person, the way you look at it, you know, it's, it's vastly different, but really important. So I, I just, I respect the hell out of him. Yeah. He's very good at that, but it's just, it's a lot like Cowherd. He's good at what he does, but I just I can't I don't like the show. But Cowherd's nothing like Cowherd's just a ridiculous clickbait. But he's great at what he does. I mean Oh no, he's phenomenal. I, I don't I mean, like he's super popular he for a reason. So but yeah. He's just trash. I mean it's absolute garbage. So there's nothing substantive on that, you know, him or Skip Bayless, any or the what is it, oh, first gosh. take, any of that. Just you can take all that shit and shove it. I could care less. So yeah. Give me uh Give me Dan or Orvlowski, Ryan Clark on Get Up. Like that's the only thing I can stand to watch because they're not. They're they're like they're former players, just talking, breaking stuff down. It's still ESPN, so you know there's a little bit of you know oh, you can't say that. How about you say this? But yeah, I like what they do there. No, they they do. Yeah, they present information. It's really good. I think it's revealing. It's I'm learning stuff every time Orlovsky's you know breaking something down or Clark's oh talking God. about his experience like a, as a player. I feel like a third grader learning how to read for the like. Oh my God, not a third grader learning how to read for the first time. I feel like a third grader learning how to do like <laughs> multiple multiplication of like big numbers and long that division. Was, it's like that was a little oh. revealing. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't a third grader when I learned to read. I was a seventh grader. <laughs> A seventh grader, okay? Oh, so man. back off. Yeah. You're like, oh man, it's like being in ninth grade and po- being potty trained. <laughs> that was rough. That was so rough. Uh, Unbelievable. Ma, Diaper rash. Pa, I'm finished. Diaper rash, am I right? <laughs> it's yeah, the that, worst. For some reason, I guys made fun of me in seventh grade in the locker room for wearing a diaper. I was like, Whatever. You guys are getting shit on your underwear. Oh, oh man. man. Poor Chandler. Man, that was it's a good episode. Good episode today. Yeah, Probably man. Because Eric wasn't here. What's that? Probably because Eric wasn't on. I mean, it's not a coincidence. Two in a row. Yeah. A plus. T- Eric, I'm going to give you a little. Uh, Eric came on across the Jags, Austin's podcast, and like just started ripping at Austin. Then I realized Austin like wasn't there. Like Eric had pre-recorded it or something, and was just ripping on Austin. It was go listen to it. I was like, is this for real? I. I I think he was kidding because they're buddies, but it, I don't know. <laughs> Eric, I need to know. I need to know. Well, the, uh, the podcast, uh, the family is growing, and I got to tell you, there's like these guys are doing some really, really good work. Uh, there's too across, many to listen to. <laughs> but the Cross the Cavs one is fantastic. The Cross the Jags is really good. Uh, Alex is doing great with the campus. I mean, across mm-hmm. the campus. like Chase is going to have a – Across the Bengals soon. We just got across yeah. the Saints with Mitch Price, fan work wow. people. Um, across the Cowboys will start in the off season. Across the draft with uh, Corey Kinnon. He's just in the works of finding a um, partner, but he writes for like the, with the first pick. He writes for the Tampa Bay 
um, Buccaneers for the Super Bowl Nation. I mean, yep. Sports Blog Nation, I believe. I can't I wait. Know, I can't wait for that one. The draft coverage is it's going to be good. Really, really good. Smart and people. And we're going to cover the drafts draft. on here too. Don't don't yeah. let that fool you. We're going to do some draft stuff on here because that's my favorite time of the year. Um, oh man, I'm just so used to it. I'm conditioned as a Browns fan. No, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it's easy to get into. But I'll tell you what. Yeah, all you listeners, listen. When the draft stuff starts rolling around, uh, you guys are going to be the most Mock knowledgeable drafts. fans about all these prospects and everything else. I mean, we're going to – there's. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I, I, pay for, I obviously pay for it, but I have a PFF subscription, and they roll out a book, a great book, of every player you could think of. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what. I knew every player that was drafted last year, and I was like – instantly it was almost annoying i was like oh yeah pff thought he was pretty good so we'll hmm. see and it's obviously just one metric people but that's the metric i choose to look at that's what i like i think they're very reliable and people yep. use the cody kessler thing like they gave cody kessler a 90 overall grade in college going into the draft and they also said going into the draft he's a fifth round talent right browns didn't listen but um yeah like they they know they miss they've missed few here and there that's they missed on keanu neal that was their biggest miss like ever and he just i would say 90 percent of the people listening are probably kind of like keanu neal is that that actor <laughs> like yeah. it, it, keanu neal is not a household name oh man i love point break keanu neal. <laughs> i, didn't know I am no. an fbi agent <laughs> you sure are keanu you sure are oh shit and that's acting well, yeah, we're uh so uh we'll just tell everyone on air now. It's just kind of thoughts that I've had, but yeah, when football season ends, we'll do a little bit of NBA, but uh John, this is kind of news to you. Eric and I have discussed doing like um deep dives into players or organizations or I don't know if you listened to the podcast where Eric had talked about the Nets owner and how he is huge into um that Chinese uh Oh yeah. That Chinese business that like basically sees every single business to business transaction in the world. Alibaba. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, we talked about doing deep dives like that into cool things in the sports world. I plan on doing draft coverage. We're still going to do basketball coverage. You know, this, this podcast is the NFL right now, but it it will grow. It will differ, but you know, right now you got to talk about the NFL. Man, we'll cover yeah everything, whatever the people want to listen to, whatever they want to hear us talk about. If it's football season, we'll talk about football. But if it's season, we're still going to talk about football because it's amazing and uh, there's enough stuff to go around. But, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll cover it all. Yeah. All right, well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and just download, subscribe. Yes, please, and thank you.